0: This is Melissa Ford Luckin, Rosalie Petroski, Susan Seraph, and Jess, editors for the Washington Square Review. Washington Square On Air showcases the poetry and fiction of the latest edition of LCC's literary journal, the Washington Square Review, read by the poets, authors, and editors themselves. Expect Unexpected as our contributors express experience and fantasy with humor, imagination, poetic license, irony, and passion. If you love language at its most original, please join us in our Audio Town Square to celebrate a community of writers spanning from around the world to Lansing.
1: To Lansing. Hi, this is Melissa Ford Luckin, one of the editors with the Washington Square Review. I'm here today with D.A. Henneman, one of the authors from the Washington Square Review. Her piece, Persecution, was featured in our Summer 22 issue. Hi, D.A. Hi, how are you? Good. So what I'd like to know is a little bit about your piece. How did the idea come to you? What was going on in your life while you were working on it?
2: So, uh, Persecution came out of some research that... I was doing during the drafting of my Power of Four series, which is a fantasy romance series. And it's about four women who find out they embody the powers of the four elements and effectively need to work together to balance the planet and stuff that's going on. And the series features three sisters, triplets, in fact, that are the three fates so in my story they represent past present and future and they are witches and so i was doing quite a bit of research at the time and uh, was going to school at the time and was in a creative writing class and so there was kind of this whole just creative energy going on at the the time and then my girlfriends and i took a trip to salem and i started thinking about all of the people, not only in the U.S., but also in Europe that were persecuted at the time. And as I kind of fell deeper down the rabbit hole, I ended up uh, coming up with this story. So uh, it was also right around the time of the Me Too movement that I originally wrote it. So I think that all of the, the things kind of happening in the world around me is, is where that came from.
1: Did you write it in a short amount of time? It sounds like it came to you suddenly.
2: It did. It it, uh, it came out pretty quickly, and then as you do with with projects, they kind of get buried and stuffed in a drawer, and then maybe you pull it out a couple of years later and look at it again, or a few months later and look at it again. And so this story's kind of come back um, back and forth in my life, and. I definitely intend to do something more with it. But when the opportunity came up for your publication, I thought, well, I'm just going to throw it out there and see if it's well-received and if it is um, what I might want to do with it.
1: So you said it came from some some research that you were doing for some other books. What kind of research were you working on?
2: So primarily uh, witchcraft. So the origins of witchcraft, which I do write quite a few blog posts on goddesses that basically were honored because of those types of things. So healing, uh, and those empowered things that women were doing at the time. Um, I'm very fascinated with how that power structure transferred from female energy to male energy. And then kind of what happened historically. Um, so, that's the type of stuff I find myself blogging about and kind of piecing together research as I go that just helps. I don't get real heavy and deep into it in, in my fiction, but I do like to have at least a knowledge base when I do write fictional characters because I feel that it kind of flavors them as you write them.
1: Talk a little bit more about the power structure you mentioned
2: so i found in my research for some of the goddesses that are um in the past for witchcraft in particular that that the women that honored them and used them you know had altars to them and, and all of that um were the ones that were primarily persecuted and in i believe it's egypt there were groups of women that were actually the priests they were the ones that did all of the religious ceremonies. They were the ones that did the healing. And um, somewhere along the line, I think that power structure was either desired or wanted to be squelched because maybe these these groups of people, women primarily, had too much power or too much wealth, and you know other groups wanted to have it for themselves kind of thing. So I think that over the centuries, those people kind of, were pushed to the wayside christianity came up um and then the, the the religions were all kind of blended into one thing that we have now you know one group and we're just we're seeing that kind of rise up again i think now where people are just kind of reaching more to spirituality in a lot of cases less less structured religions
1: so after you do the research and you start to work on the the fiction how do you how do you balance the research with the story building and the character building? Or do the characters come from the research, or where do they come from?
2: So I think the characters kind of come first, and then I like to add the qualities of the pagan religions in with what they do every day. So they use crystals, they use herbs, they um, use tarot, they just have that in their everyday lives. And it's, it's just second nature. It's, it's something that everybody expects, and it's just part of who they are. And I, so I like the magic in my fiction to be uh, approachable and earthbound. So things that you could use in everyday life that you can incorporate and um, infuse with intent.
1: So if a reader reads one of your um, books in this series that we're talking about, and they see some magic, so they could kind of reverse research and research what they see the characters doing.
2: Right, right. And I, and I think that they will understand what the character's doing and why, even if they're not super familiar with, um, say, Wicca or or other pagan practices.
1: So it might be a way for them to get introduced to new ideas themselves. Actually, yes, yes. So as you're working on your your fiction, do you write every day, every other day? How often do you write?
2: I wish I wrote every day. Uh, So I am what I think of as a binge writer, you know, whenever I have time, and it depends on the piece I'm working on. So if I write, say, a blog post, that's maybe something that I've been thinking about, and then all of a sudden when I feel like I have that idea melded, I could probably write it in a day or so. Uh if it's a piece of fiction, if it's the first draft, I can usually come to it maybe a few hours on a weekend or a few hours every night. If it's something where I'm editing and I have, you know, the first round of editing where I'm really having to piece things in, I need a lot more time with it. So it's usually something where I'm going to have to set aside a weekend or a week or whatever the period of time is to get into it, because it takes me a little while. I have to read the last work that I did, so about a chapter, get my head back into it, and then sit down and kind of just really relive it again. And that's really hard for me to do a couple hours a day. So I like to just have that whole weekend time, and, and it's hard to do with kids and family and whatever else. So um, so writing retreats are very beneficial for me for that type of type of work. So it just depends on where I'm at in the manuscript.
1: What kind of writer retreats do you do?
2: I, so I like the ones where the writers I am with are 100% their writing also. Um, I I love talking about writing. I love seeing what everybody else is doing and after about a half an hour of that, I just want to get to work. So, if I'm with other people that want to work too, and, um, you know, it's it might seem odd to people to have, you know, eight women in a room and all you hear are the typewriter keys going, but um, that to me is like the best, <laughs> the best thing that can happen because that means that we're all working and we're all creating and then uh, after the full day of writing, we can talk about it then.
1: Yeah, because when you say retreat, that sounds like it's going to be relaxing and taking it easy.
2: Yeah, no, it's it's working, but, I, but it's something I really enjoy. So it's kind of relaxing to me because I know at the end of it, I'm going to have something that I can really work with.
1: You mentioned you have one series. What other projects are you working on?
2: So I have uh, one complete series, which is my fantasy romance. I also have a series that I keep adding to. I have three books in uh, working on my fourth. And that one is a mythology, Greek mythology retelling series. Those are shorter. They're, they're 99 cent books and they're a quick read. You can read over coffee kind of thing. My intent is to put four in a, uh, what is that, an omnibus So four books, that way you get kind of a nice sized book, maybe in a hardcover. Uh, And then I might switch to maybe Roman or Egyptian mythology really fascinates me. Uh, I just happen to like Greek. It's something that I've always read since I was a kid. So that's where I started. Um, But all of the myths from all of the cultures really are cool, I think. So I would really like to touch on those as well. So. And then the other thing I'm working on is a cozy mystery vibe. It is a uh, practical magic meets ghost whisper type thing. So it's a flower shop owner who can speak to ghosts, and uh, she has to solve their mysteries.
1: I happen to know that you did used to own a flower shop.
2: Yes, I did. <laughs> yes, I did, which is where I got the idea. And uh, I did not, well, I did speak to ghosts, but they didn't talk back. It was a very old building, and uh, I think there were some, some supernatural things going on, uh, but I do have a very vivid imagination, so it could just be that. Uh, but yes, I owned that until uh, 2010, and uh, then got a real job, you know, working where I'm working now.
1: When I'm listening to you talk about all the different series and all the different projects, that's a lot to keep track of. Do you think that the work in the flower shop helped you as far as the organization?
2: I think so. I think so. And I think where that really helps me is um, I like to include visual elements as much as I can in my writing. So so I'm probably a little more on the descriptive side, a little more prose, um, scenery, that sort of thing. But that's that's how I see the world. And that's how I figure out my mechanics. So how something moves or how something reacts to me is definitely attached to what I see and experience. And um, the, the flower shop helped with that because if somebody came in and said, I want this and they show you a picture, you have to think about okay, how am I going to create that? And what is the base going to be? And how am I going to cover my mechanics? And does it need wire? Does it need tape? How am I going to, you know, get that line and have it hold? And is the tulip going to actually reach for the sun? Or is it going to stay where I put it? So you have to think about all those things. And so writing is no different. It's it's the same in my mind.
1: How about the marketing aspects?
2: Gosh, you know, marketing flowers was probably a little easier, I think. Um, Yeah, marketing fiction is pretty tough. Nonfiction might be a little easier because you're, and I don't know because I don't have nonfiction, but I'm thinking you're solving a problem generally with that. So they're seeking you out. With fiction, you're, you're entertaining. So if they're interested in that t- type of entertainment, maybe it's easier. But but finding the people that are interested in that is the, is the trick. So what I am finding is networking with other fellow authors that are kind of trying to do the same thing. If you can share customers, um, you know, a reader isn't going to just read one book a year, generally. So... While they're waiting for you to come out with your next book, which could take six months to a year, they could be reading one of your friends' books or, you know, one of the other people's books in your group. So, um, so I think networking is a very, very key part of the marketing.
1: What other kinds of marketing do you do? Social media.
2: I'm on social media. I've tried TikTok. I'm not very successful because I think I'm a little too goofy. So, um, if you like. Uh, somebody acting like they're talking like Elmo. Search me out. Uh, I am on Facebook. That's probably my primary, in, that and that in Instagram. And I like to dabble in that, but I do find it's kind of a rabbit hole of its own. And so, after I'm on there for a little while, I get to thinking, okay, all this time that I've been, you know, messing around on social media, I could have been writing. Say, for instance, so or writing a blog post or whatever it is. So I always try to put my writing first. But um, if I haven't been writing, creating ads, doing ad copy, doing uh, little comments on Facebook, those are all a form of writing also because you're using your creativity to send a message and to get people's interests. So if I can't do anything else, I at least try to do that and try to engage with people. Um, on social media. But yeah, I'm on, I'm on all the channels that I can think of uh, that are of interest to me.
1: What do you do when you get stuck? Like if you have writer's block,
2: I write a blog post, I write a blog post, uh, especially research ones. So I will start, usually I stick with characters that I'm interested in maybe Morphing into my fiction. So, uh, a Greek goddess, right now I'm researching Morpheus, who's the god of dreams, uh, Arachne, I've just wrote a post on her, uh, Tiresias, who was the uh, hero in book three, uh, who ended up with Athena. And so, just researching those gods and goddesses kind of gets me unstuck because then I think, even though I'm changing their story, because it's a retelling, I I need to understand who they were, or at least our impression of who they were as a starting point. And so researching, I think sometimes helps me with that, because when I'm blocked, it's because I don't understand something. So I can't really write it till I do.
1: If you were going to offer a newbie writer some advice, what do you think you'd offer?
2: So I, I have this story. So I went to one of my first book events, and they were having pitching there. And uh, so I was trying to find an agent, and I had already written book one of my series, and I thought I was going to go and I was going to pitch book two. Well, they don't want to take book two if they can't publish book one as their publication, and it was already out there in the world. So they're like, well, we're not interested in your series. And I said, but it's a new book. I haven't even... Published it yet? And they said, Yeah, but it's part of that series. What else do you got? And I didn't have anything. I had not, like I was putting all of my eggs into the power of four basket. So my biggest piece of advice is always have something in your back pocket. If you're pitching an idea for a series or for a book or whatever it is, if they don't want that, have something else to pitch. So, uh, even if it's just a nugget of an idea. Uh, do not go unprepared because it could be that little nugget of an idea that actually gets you a contract.
1: What other kinds of events do you do besides those formal kinds of conferences?
2: So I do conferences. I do uh, book signing events. So there are a few that are happening in Michigan. I, I've done the one in uh, downtown Detroit in July. Uh, so the book festival, there is Louisville book festival in Kentucky that uh, is just starting up. So this will be the second year in person. I should be attending that as well. That's in beginning of November. Uh, I do like to do the retreats. I do like to do as many courses and classes as I can. So always learning uh, how to better myself. So I'm in competition with myself to get better. So um, as many classes as I think I can take and just try to learn as much as I can from my peers. We at Greater Detroit Romance Writers, I'm the president of that as well, and we have presentations every month where we invite someone to come talk about craft or marketing or uh, any, you know, we sometimes pitch to agents. So I have found that that's been a very valuable thing to do as well. There, There are all kinds of writer resources out there Sometimes they're a little hard to find, but if anybody is looking for anything that I've either tried or that I'm familiar with, I do have a writer resource tab on my website. So they can check that out.
1: I'm really curious. You mentioned book signings. So a lot of us have been to book signings as book buyers. Can you give us a behind the scenes look at what it's like to be the author doing it?
2: Oh my gosh. Uh, it's chaos and I'm all sweaty by the time my table is set up. Um, so yeah, there's, there's a lot of preparation. You have to make sure you have inventory, uh, especially if you're an indie author because you're, you're the one ordering the books to make sure you have them there. Uh, swag is really important. So uh, what do you think the customer is going to want to take home with them? Uh, sometimes it's, it could be a bookmark, it could be a pen, it could be a pad of paper. So, so thinking about that and taking that with you and books are really heavy. So if you write a lot or you have a large, you got six books in my series and you figure you take five book, you know, that's 30 books or whatever. I mean, a case of books from Amazon, it's really heavy. And if you have more than six books, you know, what, do, what do you take? Um, so that's sometimes hard to judge. And then, You, of course, have to have a way to take money and credit cards and, and all the, you know, business stuff. And so I think the most stressful part of it is the setup. I like when the events have the setup, maybe the night before, then you just go down there and it's all set. Uh, I've been treated once where I went to the event and my books were all set up for me. That was like, I felt like a princess that day. That was amazing. But usually it's me hauling my, my books in a suitcase, setting up the display, getting the, the table all set, and then hoping somebody will come by and talk to me about my covers or talk to me about what they like to read. And I honestly don't care if they don't like fantasy romance. I just want to talk about books. I want to talk about writing. I want to talk about how cute they look in their purple blouse, like whatever it is. The, the authors just want to talk to you and engage even if you're not necessarily interested in what they write stop by and say hi because we just want to we just want to talk
1: what's the most unique reader you've met at a book signing event
2: oh my gosh you know so i'll actually say this what i thought was interesting is just how excited and fangirly other authors get about the authors they like. So even though they're writing books and putting, you know, the book babies out there, um, you should see some of these authors at these conferences. I mean, they're going gaga. I was one of them. I went up to an author that I adore, Jake, uh, J.R. <laughs> Ward, and embarrassed myself. I'm like, take a picture with me. Um, yeah, it, it, it's... We're readers too, first and foremost. So um so I you just I didn't even think of that. And then I'm here at this conference and seeing all these people just gushing for each other's work and it's the coolest thing. So I just love it.
1: That's part of the behind the scenes.
2: It is. It well I did it in front of everybody <laughs> like when it was open. So yeah.
1: <laughs> all right. So before we say goodbye, um, if somebody was gonna start with you after they read the piece that we have in our journal what would you suggest the first thing that they read
2: well uh if you like fantasy romance then i would say sea of dreams that is book one of the series the prequel to that which is twist of fate isn't necessarily happily ever after so i i kind of failed on the promise to the romance readers on that one, but it does give you a little extra information if you're okay with dark fantasy. And then if you like the mythology retellings, then I would just start with love for all seasons, which is the first book in that series. And then if you like cozy mysteries, you're going to have to wait a little while longer.
0: How much longer?
2: Oh gosh. Um, I am hoping that 2024 will see me publishing it one way or the other.
1: Okay. And um, what social media are you on?
2: I'm thinking that if you really want to catch me on social media, Instagram's probably your best bet or possibly the Facebook page. But if you want to find me and see what I'm doing, my website is the best place to go, which is dahenneman.com. That is where I'm putting... Really all the precursor to anything I do goes there. So I write a series um, soundtrack of my life where um, I hear a piece of music and I, I write on it and uh, kind of what it means to me and what I thought of when I heard the song and that sort of thing. So you get a little insight into what I do, the all of the goddess and um, mis- mystical creature research is on there in my blog. And then I also have Writer Resource. So I kind of just put everything there. It's my catch-all. So that's probably the best place to catch up with me. And then there's a free book offer on there too, the, The Genie's Wish, if they wanted to check out my
1: fiction. Nice. Well, thanks a lot for hanging out with us today.
2: Thanks for having me. It was great.
1: Thank you for listening to our talented poets and authors.
0: Until next time, this has been Washington Square On Air. Where we showcase selections from Lansing Community College's Literary Journal. The Washington Square Review. A publication featuring writers from the Great Lakes State. Across the nation. And around the world. To find out more about the Washington Square Review, visit lcc.edu WSR. We hope you enjoyed listening as much as we enjoyed sharing.
3: Keep connected with LCC Connect at lccconnect.org.
4: LCC Connect. Connect. Voices. Vibes. Vision. Academic success is a priority at Lansing Community College. And when assistance is needed, tutoring is available to all students. Resources include quick print stations, chemistry and anatomy models, microscopes, and several other tools to help students. Tutors may also be available for pre-scheduled after-hours appointments. To find out more about tutoring services, visit lcc.edu tutoring.
3: Hey son, how are you feeling?
5: Um, uh,
4: I'm fine, Pops.
3: <sighs> What's on your mind?
4: I just, I can't explain it
1: without
4: Eyes waiting.
0: Started to wonder. of who you thought When your kid can't find the language, help them find the lyrics. Listen to the Sounded Out album and get tips and tools to start a conversation at SoundedOutTogether.org. Brought to you by Ad Council and Pivotal Ventures. Lansing Community College welcomes transfer students. Transfer students may apply prior credits toward their LCC degree, certificate, or transfer program. Learn more at lcc.edu slash belong. LCC. Connect. Voices. Vibes.
4: Vision.
3: Welcome to Community Combos, a podcast and radio program from LCC Connect with conversations about what's happening in Lansing and around mid-Michigan. And it's Dudellian once again back on The Combo, and with me in the studio today is Ann O'Connor. She is the owner of Art Unlimited in Okemos. Welcome to the show, Ann.
5: Well, thank you for inviting me.
3: How long have you been the owner of uh, Art Unlimited?
5: 21 years.
3: Where exactly is that?
5: We're on the corner of Okemos Road in Hamilton.
3: Okay, okay. And of course, that is a wonderful thing, but that's not exactly the reason why I brought you in here today. We came in to talk about something else. What have you got coming up?
5: On August 18th, we have an art fair and a business showcase mm-hmm. um, from 11 to 6.
3: Okay. Now, this really caught my interest because it seemed to be quite a range of uh, different businesses that you had there. Are they all Okemos-based?
5: They are all Okemos-based. Okay. Yep.
3: And who, who should we expect to see like at this
5: a whole bunch of artists from art unlimited they're uh-huh. selling their wares and then we have uh, jet fitness they're mm-hmm. going to actually be doing a demonstration we have mid michigan uh, academy of martial arts we have the police department they're going to have a booth there All which right. is really terrific i yep. love that and we have the fire department's going to bring their truck out we have Okamas. Music. They're, okay. They're going to actually... Some live music It's, ca- it's, a, it's actually Oklahoma Academy of Music, and they're going to do some live music, and they're going to have a booth there. We have Buddy's Pizza. They're going to be selling pizza. Okay. We have nothing but cakes. They're going to be there selling cakes.
3: So is it just you fronting
5: this whole thing up? <laughs> it really is. Is it? Yeah. It's kind of crazy how I started. But how uh, did you
3: start it? What what, what happened? What, um, what, what came about that made you go? I want I to, to do, do this. an
5: art fair. <laughs> um, it actually started four years ago when COVID came about and everything was being canceled. And I'm like, we're not going to cancel an art fair. People want art. So I actually had a little art fair outside of my studio. Okay. With maybe 10 artists, because um, we have some really great talent there. And I just wanted to do something with them. And then we did that two years in a row and I invited my neighbors to be included, you know, cause I'm all about playing well with others. Right. So I sure. wanted all those people to have a little booth too. And then last year, I don't know if you drive in Okamas at all, but Occasionally, yes. we were, we're on Okemos road. So the bridge was down.
3: Oh yeah.
5: And so was Grand River. Oh, yeah, yeah, road. Yeah. So <clears> people couldn't come to it. And the gals from, um, the Meridian Township Recreation Department, they were handing me my 20-year, hey, thanks for being in business. And by the way, Grand River is going to be shut. And I'm like, how am I going to do my art fair? Oh, wow. So they were like, use the farmer's market. Okay. And it was so great last year, and they were so kind. And they said, we want you to do it again there. So...
3: So you're holding it at the farmer's. market? I
5: am, then? and okay. because there were so many businesses that were having problems with the construction too, with it, it the was a difficult it it was, to it get a really drive around difficult. there for a while. Yeah, yep. so we. Um, tried to invite them out and just to really let people know that there's a lot of great Okemos businesses. So that, that's
3: kind of even how it became a biz, art and business yeah, fair. Okay. Right. I see. It, would
5: sh- it should be just like an art, you know, an art fair, but I love the community I'm in and okay. I want everybody to see what we have down there and, and be grateful for what we have down there. And so. I noticed
3: it was named celebrate Okemos art and business showcase. So yeah. is, is that where the celebrate Okemos came in into play?
5: Celebrate Okemos Started actually years ago. Okay, okay. And um, they used to have, it was Celebrate Downtown Okemos. Um, You know, Downtown Okemos, as you might know, there's half the buildings up and half the buildings down, right? Mm -hmm. So when the buildings were up, they had that, and it was behind our studio, and they had a whole bunch of different things. And then it grew bigger, and Meridian Township took it to the farmer's market area and called it Meridian Township. Okay. So because our little part of the world was so mm, had problems with all the construction and everything. Mm -hmm. I just, I, I wanted people to understand, celebrate Okemos. Maybe those buildings aren't up, but we're here. (laughs) (laughs) So (laughs) I just wanted people to know what we have.
3: All right. I apologize if you already said it, but recap for me. If you did already say it, where exactly is the farmer's market located? Like how would I get there?
5: You know, I don't know the exact name of of the street. It's off of, um, road. And um I should know the street. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really sorry, but I don't. It's the farmers market. It's okay it's though. There, but, but it's there every it's it's there every Wednesday and Saturday. Okay. And they've done a beautiful job. Meridian Township really has done a beautiful job with the uh, marketplace on the green. Mm-hmm. And, but it's really, everybody knows it is the farmer's market. Okay. <laughs> so okay. it's a beautiful facility. It's what, closed what's, in. What's, what's nearby? Or not closed in. Oh, the mall.
3: Okay. Yeah. The, so the, you can look yeah. Yes. could look up Meridian Mall. Yes. The Meridian
5: Mall, the Studio C movie theater.
3: This is giving something somebody could look up on their on their It's uh, off of either Map Marsh App? Road
5: or Okemos Road. Okay.
3: Okay. Yeah. Very good. Okay. When exactly is it happening?
5: Uh, next Friday, uh, August 18th um, from 11 to 6. Okay.
3: And, of course, you're the owner of Art Unlimited. I did want to ask you a little bit and dive a little bit into this. Just because I was interested, you said you work a lot with kids. What exactly is Art Unlimited then?
5: Art Unlimited, we're a paint-your-own-pottery studio, but we offer clay classes. We have glass-fusing classes. I just got done with four weeks of um, summer camp for kids, which... I absolutely love it. It's draining. I love all teachers because I only had them for four weeks. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But uh, we offer a lot of different things for adults and kids. So it's not just a paint your own pottery studio. Then we have, we have kids. Actually, there's four kids in our art fair Mm -hmm. that are kids that have been taking classes for years and they're selling their stuff there. And um, which is really pretty exciting. So well, does um, we have the clay classes. We have um, a group of women that come in every six weeks, take a class. And they've been with me for probably 10 to 13, 14 years. So okay. our gla- we have glass workshops using um, workshops uh, on Wednesdays. We have family fun days with glass on Sundays. Okay. We have a kid's night out, which is a great day. It's uh, some parents call it date night where they drop their kids off. Because parents aren't allowed to stay, we feed them pizza and we do a project. Um, I mean, the pizza alone should be worth it. I right? know, right? <laughs> yeah, the kids get to be with us for two hours, and the gal that does it with me—it's just our—it's—it's it's like the best day of our month, you know, awesome. to work with kids. Awesome. So.
3: Ann O'Connor, the owner of Art Unlimited in Okemos, and again, the uh, event is called. Art, Fair, and Business Showcase. It happens August 18th. If people want to find out more information, what's the best way to do that?
5: Uh, They can call the studio at 517-349-8278. They Mm -hmm. can go to our Facebook page. Okay, Um, That would probably be the two best places, or they can email me at artunlimited.com gallery at hotmail.com <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> and we're...
3: you're searching the brain <laughs> oh, a little yeah. bit there <laughs>
5: remember i'm tired from the kids camps <laughs>
3: understandable <laughs> and thanks so much for uh coming in and uh, being a part of the convo and we appreciate you uh doing what you do here in our community
5: i appreciate you finding me
3: You've been listening to Community Combos, a program from LCC Connect, with conversations about what's happening in our community. To listen to this episode on demand, visit us at lccconnect.org or find us on your favorite podcast platform. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on Community Combos, email us lcc-connect at lcc.edu. And thanks for joining the combo. Connecting you with Lansing Community College. This is LCC Connect.
1: LCC. Connect. Voices. Vibes. Vision. K-12
2: Operations at Lansing Community College is a proud collaborator of the Lansing Promise Scholarship, offering graduating high school seniors who live within the Lansing School District and attend a high school within district boundaries an opportunity to attend LCC. The scholarship offers 65 credits over the course of four years from high school graduation. For more information on the Lansing Promise Scholarship at LCC, please visit lcc.edu hope. work, school, grocery shopping, doctor's appointments, to the kids' soccer games, out for movie night, over to grandma and grandpa's house, and on last year's amazing road trip. Your vehicle takes you so many places, lock it or lose it. If you suspect auto theft, contact the National Insurance Crime Bureau at 1-800-TEL-NICB or visit our website at nicb.org. A public service message from the National Insurance Crime Bureau. The Job Training Center at Lansing Community College provides two-month job training opportunities that are free to eligible participants. Training courses range from information technology to administrative assisting. For more information, visit lcc.edu JTC training. LCC. Connect. Voices.
4: Vibes. Vision.
6: It's time for Stars on Sports. A podcast radio show dedicated to sharing stories about our athletic program at Lansing Community College. LCC Athletics has a strong tradition. 23 national championship wins. Over 170 All-Americans. 19 MCCAA All-Sports Trophies. Stars on Sports will introduce you to individuals that have contributed to our program's success and give you the backstory on what it takes to develop it. We'll also dive into and break down the topics and issues facing athletic departments across the nation and right here at LCC. This is Stars Stars on on Sports. Sports.
4: Hello and welcome to another episode of Stars on Sports. I am joined by our assistant AD and baseball coach, Stephen Cutter. And Stephen, we're going to be talking about a myriad of topics as we record this podcast at the, toward the end of our summer now, actually, um, here at LCC. And a lot going on, even though you know, most people think they're downtime in the summer. You, you and I both know that it's, you know, summer that is beneficial for many of things. You know. So
6: as an athletic director, you work in the summer?
4: Yes, I do. Um, I like the summer. Um, the the biggest difference in the summer is probably less home events or, you know, contests. But right. the summer is actually a lot of time to um, reflect on the past year and prepare and for prepare, yeah. for the next year. But hopefully, you know, everyone needs some rest and relaxation. I actually went to a conference this summer and saw one of the coolest um, gifts or slides up on the screen with a Um, out-of-office email, and the first one was from, like, someone in a Scandinavian country, which, you know, they're known for taking time off and and promoting vacations and four-day weeks, and said, out of the office, be back in September. And then the next out-of-office was from an athletic department, said, I'm getting a kidney transplant today. Here's my cell phone number if you need me. And it's true a little bit. There is something, that's why they put it up there in an athletic director conference that, you know, there's usually something always going on in our departments. So, you know, you and I have talked about this summer about things that need to get done. And, you know, we can spend this time talking about a review. But the thing that keeps coming to my mind is the broken window syndrome. Like if you leave things unintended, it just leads to things that getting worse. And yeah. the summer is a good time to address some of those some things. Of that, yeah. um, we're, you know, in our n- new office now for, you know, a couple months now and, and getting a good feel of how that is. We've both been here a couple years now at LCC. You know, and it's important to us, you and I, to, you know, fix those windows or, you know, you know, pick up something on the ground inside. So the summer is a good time for that. I, I'm trying to get a lot done, but prepare for the next year. We got a lot of exciting things we want to accomplish next year, and we have a, a lot to re- positive to reflect on the past year. What about you that similar to, you know, coaching and, you know, in your administration is yeah, what summer you, looks
6: like. Do you want to dive a little bit further into that broken window syndrome and, and kind of what happens if you, if you don't fix the windows? I do. I,
4: I, again, that was going to be kind of the title of of this uh, podcast because the summer is an important time that, and I have always um, talked about how life is maintenance. You know, I, I am, I have a mortgage. I don't own my house, but I'm, you know, trying to buy my house. And you own it. it it's 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 constant maintenance. You know, something you got to fix something, or you can let it go. And it's up to you. And we see pe- neighbors that do that, and you get mad at them, or you can be that person that takes care and make things look good. And it, and it, and there's short term problems and long term problems. Then if you let something go short term, it becomes a long term problem. And, and that's true in your marriage. That's true. In your job, that's true. In other relationships, it's true with your teams. You know, if you let a bad apple continue to fester, it it becomes more than one bad apple. And that's, you know, similar to a bushel of apples. So, and I'm happy at LCC, we have some good resources that allow us to to handle some of the problems. You know, Lee. Jason, Doug, and, and our maintenance department have been good. You know, yes. Tim, the head of maintenance right. or facilities, have been good to us and, and making sure to take care of things. Um, but the city of Lansing, which you work closely with, and dealing with facilities there. Um, but you know, even in our day-to-day jobs, of you know, your emails get you know, list getting way too long. I'd love to solve that one. You know, I actually, one of my personal things is I'm going through all my Gmail in the last two weeks and unsubscribing to all these emails that I don't need anymore, you know, that I thought I'd get or that I thought I'd read. And it's refreshing. I'm probably down half the number of emails. And I don't you know, mm-hmm. use my Gmail for personal use, but now I don't have as many a day to go through and I can get through them quicker when I get home and, and go through. And a lot of stuff.
6: times those emails are actually good emails if you open them and read them, if, if their growth, you know, Uh, Mindseted type of emails or trying to help you, you know, be more productive or whatever they are, but they also take time to read those. And then once you take that time, that takes away from time of something else that you should be doing. And that's true. I, I I get, Four or five personal growth ones, and I have kept those
4: at those solicitations of like Land's End, or, and they're not our sponsor today, but, um, you know, other ones that keep me from going through those. So, and and even those, I don't get through all of mine, so I should probably go through those and see which ones are, are more beneficial or productive to me. But I, I like that. I mean, I wanna grow every day and, but and spend time. So when I get home at night, I usually check my Gmail, and it, it's been refreshing being able to go through 50 instead of 150. And, you know, some of these companies send two or three a day. So, and, and, and it's difficult to unsubscribe. They make you work at it. So, but I've been diligent about making sure um, that I, I finished that process for the ones I don't need anymore. And some of them, you know, when you buy something, you sign up and you, and you
6: get them, but that's our life filtering through some of those things. And, and you can filter even further than that because if, I mean, you touched on something, you know, maybe the neighbor's got a, you know, we're talking about broken windows, neighbors got a broken window and that bothers you. And and, and a lot of times you just kind of got to go with the let them philosophy, focus on your own broken windows or your, your circles, families, teams, whatever, whatever broken windows you might have focus on those and let everybody else's broken windows just be what they are, because if they're fine with their broken windows, then it shouldn't matter to you you know if you focus on your circle and your stuff and what you're doing that's the most important thing that you can do because once you're doing that then your circle will start to grow and start to influence more and more people and so we we spend a crazy amount of time worrying about what other people think about us or, or thinking about what other people are doing. And, and there's, there's a philosophy out there that's just basically called let them. And, and that doesn't mean if somebody's <clears throat> breaking into a, a, a bank that you're just going to let them, but it means that with certain things, you're just going to let them focus on what's important. And so that kind of goes back into that broken window thing where you know, maybe you should focus on, on your roof and not your neighbor's roof, or maybe you shouldn't focus on what your neighbors, what kind of car they're driving or how sweet their mower is or, you know, whatever it might be and, and focus more on, on what you have. And there's a certain piece of happiness that comes out of that too, because you're not in, you know, comparing so much. You just,
4: and, and that's a, a great point And I looked at it a little differently. Like I always look at when people mow their lawn like it, it you know i want my lawn to look sweet and i'm the first house in our neighborhood so i try and be the like if my neighbor mows there before me partly a contest too, i get mad but if i see a neighbor that hasn't mowed their lawn in a long time maybe something's wrong with them maybe they need help maybe i should go over and and offer to mow their lawn but to your point of Again, I don't care what other people think of my lawn, or you know what, I don't care what other people think of me. You might. Yeah, everyone does a little bit, but it's more my pride. You know, that's the nice thing. A couple of nice things about mowing the lawn is one, I get a, an hour to myself where I can listen to to music and and just no distractions, and then also. It usually I get compliments when it's done of the lines. Do you have a rider? I don't. I have a a push electric mower and. Electric, yeah. So what happens
6: when your battery dies? Do you have to go charge it and like in the middle of? mowing i have
4: not had i can mow my lawn and weedy my lawn with with the one battery so nice. I, I have a smaller lawn and they make riders that have four or five of these batteries but it's nice and they charge within a half hour too really? so i mean i could go right back out and work at it so it, it, it serves me well i have a smaller yard um and they make snow blowers with this thing too so it's so quiet i can mow at eight o'clock in the morning and no no one my neighbor wouldn't even know i'm mowing so impressive. Um, it is going, impressive going, going, going I like to that it.
3: whole thing i you I, I think I kind of subscribe to the uh, coach cut uh, view of this because uh, there's a neighbor behind me. I, I tend to be pretty pretty good with mowing my lawn, and he's not so good at it. And every <laughs> once in a while, we'll get into conversations where he's like, "Man, I really need to be mowing the lawn more often." I I, I got to figure you're looking back here and, and going, "Man, is he ever gonna to mow his lawn?" And I'm like, "I, I don't care. It's your lawn.
6: Yeah, <laughs> right. I, I
4: don't ever care." And I don't care either about their lawn, but I want our neighbor to look nice back to the broken window. If our neighborhood doesn't look nice, it could lead to, you know, more people not taking care of thing. And, I almost subscribe to I laugh at the lawn mowing in the U.S. Like we water our lawn, we fertilize our lawn to mow it, you know, so we're, we're working against ourselves. And it's just <laughs> grass in the grand scheme of things. I mean, they're the topic now of no mow may or whatever to help with the, the yeah. bees and other things. So if I, they don't I, mow-
3: I also joke that I, I'm pretty much mowing weeds. So <laughs> I, the, the grass never catches up with the weeds. It's just weeds that I
6: mow. But but that's okay right yeah, it's I mean, fine with it. it's the green I mean, do, right do you do you need to have you know some special grass and not you know, at all and that, it, look, it maybe, looks maybe it looks do. great for those <laughs> three days that i mowed it right afterwards if you're using it a lot and you're out there bare feet and you got mm-hmm. you know maybe some kids or parties or whatever right, you right. know that grass might be important for, in those situations but in a lot of situations you're you might not be using it at all and you're literally just going out once a week or, or depending on how much it rains here there's not a lot of irrigation in, in Mid Michigan, especially coming from the West Michigan area a few years ago and spent a lot of time up there. There's a lot more irrigation in lawns and a lot greener lawns with fertilizer than there is down here. That being said, if if you're not really using it, what's it matter? You're just going out once a week and mowing it, and nobody's seeing it. It's in the backyard, you know, whatever.
4: But it's mine. It's my pride. I want to mm-hmm. take care of if it. If that's and important to, to you, know. and I do like walking yeah. in my grass and bare feet, and I have weeds. I just start, I actually fertilized this year for the first time in years. Really? but but you carry that over into our field. You wouldn't want that for the bait. You know, when we we've talked about. How, how important all these are part of the process, fertilization, weeding. I don't aerate my home lawn, but we do aerate mm-hmm. our, our facilities and I t- golf courses. I, t- I
6: take care of a baseball field, which is, is very large, and mm-hmm. the grass is really nice, and it's edged, and it's fertilized, and it's watered but my home lawn is not fertilized it's not watered but it is mowed it, unless it's baseball season then it doesn't get mowed <laughs> about once a month but that being said uh, it, it's just mowed you know because we're, we we don't use it really that much so it's it's that perspective of what's important so for me it's it's the field it's it's the pride in, in our recruits seeing the field our players seeing the field our community our our fans you know the college everybody else seeing what that looks like but all those people aren't seeing what my backyard looks like. Cut, have you
3: had uh, some situations where you've gone to another college where you're just like, these guys are not fixing their
6: broken windows? All it's the time. Really, yeah? All the time. Yeah. Where it's yeah. like pretty much weeds out in the, the it, field? It, there's so many stories. Yeah. So, so many stories. And and they're in all different ways, you know, gates broken that you enter and, and you know, just different So you can see how much people care about whatever it might be. And that doesn't necessarily mean that it's wrong. It's just like somebody that has a great backyard and then goes in, you know, somebody else's backyard, and it's not very good. And they're like, holy smokes, but yeah. it only matters to that person that thinks having a great backyard is super important. And mm-hmm. and so the initial point was, you got to be really careful about how much time you spend thinking about, you know, what all these other things, what's important to you, what's important now, and focus on that stuff. And don't get all wrapped up into, you know, other people's stuff, unless you feel like that's important, maybe you can help them, maybe you can Mow their grass if they need it or, or whatever it might be well that's a point of
4: and it applies to sports and in life is you put time in where your priority is like if you use your backyard your pri your backyard m- might look nicer than your living room, but if you're using your living room, your backyard might nick might yeah. get neglected and and you can't solve those problems for everything It's more of what is important to you and and what you take pride in and you know, I try and take pride in everything that I do, whether it's my home, my job, my email, my baseball field. Um, and it takes a lot. But And you can't do it all. I mean, on our way over here, we were talking about saying no to some things. And, and that's hard for me to do. And But it's important if you want to be successful, because if you say yes, you're going to spread yourself too thin. You're going to get frustrated. You're going to wear down. Um, you're not going to do things well. Um, so, it is, you know, again, we're, we're using the yard example as... Uh, you know, analogy or summary of of yeah. thing that apply to our jobs and in our sports teams and you know, my picture, neighbor yeah. has a, a watering system, so his is green and and fertilize or and no weeds, but I still will work hard to make you know without that resource and. We talked about the different resources you need to be successful, and there's you know different ones for graph. There's different ones for gates. There's different ones for email. There's different ones for, for
6: scheduling games, basketball um, teams, yeah. you know, people, teams, you know, softball teams, you know, the whole nine yards. Yeah, are
3: a lot of the broken windows that you deal with over in athletics? Are they dependent on other people to uh, like when you walked in here today? You noticed that our lobby has been uh, kind of. In, it's in disarray at the moment as we, as we talk and I'm very dependent on other people to help me fix the broken windows that I have. Do you find that that's the same thing over in athletics here?
4: It is. It comes down to resources and manpower and some school, like our baseball and softball coach do a lot for our fields and helping the city and, you know, Coach Cutter been days out there making it look good and, sure. and some people don't aren't allowed don't have the time or, or the money or the resources to do that, but it's common. You know, in, in the end, you know, the, the the first thing we try and do as athletic administrators is, is health and safety of the facility. Sure. we always worry about the well being of the student athlete, but the facility could lend to the health and safety of the student athlete right. or the whole or mm. um a rock or, or something that's, that's on the field or, you know, a broken board in the gym. So it, I'm not a handyman. My wife's actually the handy person in our family, but you know, in this job you learn to fix everything. And I pay attention when people come and fix things so that I can do it. I mean, I was, I fixed a scoreboard at my previous job. I would go up on a ladder and and change the processor because if it broke in the middle of the game, by the time I called somebody to get there, you know, you're delayed significantly that right. you got to be a problem solver yeah you gotta, in this you gotta job. be
6: bob the builder can he mm-hmm. fix it yes he can you know you're literally in that mode of trying to be a problem solver and you do need other people to help you with those things when you have outdoor facilities and sports things like baseball softball fields you the things that come up are a lot of times things that people don't necessarily think of, you know, you're thinking of weeds or, or holes or whatever. But then you have things like moles, you know, they they create a huge problem on fields. And then you have things like what we just experienced, where we had a large storm come through the Lansing area, it blew down a piece of our fence, it, it took out trees. And so there's all this storm damage at our field, including some flooding. And what do, you, what do you have to do? You have to rely on some other people to cut up trees. You, you have to rely on some other people to fix fences. And then you have to rely on yourself or your team to be able to clean up the rest of the stuff and fix those things. And so a lot of times there are a ton of broken windows and you just have to have a little bit of help and, and some good people around you to be able to, to solve a lot of those issues and fix those, those panes of glass.
4: And that's the same indoors and like in our basketball filly we had a leak in the roof that you know war warped the floor or if the yeah. power goes out or the scoreboard's not working and those are electrical things that i don't have a back that an electrician would we would rely on to take or if a, if a basket broke um, but
6: where you started was what happens when you don't take care of that floor when it's warped and what happens when you don't take care of the fence or the trees that are down and, and that's what kind of ends up making things worse along the way. We just experienced something with the softball field. We had a uh, a, a pergola or something up on the top of, I'm, I forget what, what it was actually called, but because it was not fastened properly a long time ago, the storm that I was just talking about blew that off and it smashed to the ground. Well, once they started looking at it more, they realized the, the whole entire roof was rotted because of flashing not being put up around it when it was put up 20 years ago, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know? And so that broken pain never got fixed and then, Fifteen or twenty years later, it causes a lot more damage, and that's the same thing with a warp floor, yep. or a broken gate, or or something or else, a bad or bad apple on a team, yeah. or, or or an issue at your house that you don't you don't take care of, or an issue with your family, yep. or with your boss, or or whatever it might be. And and it's the same. These are all metaphors, but it's yep. it's extremely extremely um, a large part of what success looks like and then also w- what failure looks like. And in failure in, in life or uh, in, in sports, a lot of times it's not one big thing that happens, especially in a sport like baseball or softball or um, these sports that take an hour to, to complete uh, the competition. It's usually a lot of little things that lead to what happens. It's usually not one big thing. And that's true
4: with a broken window. If yeah. it's broken, it, you know, it could lead to water damage. It could lead to air damage. Right. It could lead to you know, a right. cut or something. So it is a metaphor for life and, and even in sports. And sometimes, you know, managing time is one of the, you know, talk about having special, you know, having someone that can fix a window or, right. you know, the time to do it. But if you don't take care of it now, right. it could lead to even bigger problems, which we're right. realizing at our softball facility with uh, the, the roof. And, and the same with people or, um our ta- our daily tasks that we need to get done every day if we don't um take care of those little things that they be- they can become big things
6: so Good. I think we should go uh, fix some broken windows. I guess. I know. We, you, we, you got me
3: actually thinking I need to fix my broken window at my house. So let's, well, do, I'll, it. let's do it. This podcast
4: might be more self-improvement than <laughs> yes. sports because I, I'm, a, I'm a better parker now. You know, now we <laughs> might be fixing windows. So. Your Gmail's <laughs> all in <laughs> yeah, order. Right? So, hey, you know, we might have to change the theme of this. But, again, what a great conversation regarding how a broken window impacts our lives. On the field and off the field, which is again what we believe educational athletics is all about. 100%. Thanks everyone for joining us. Hopefully, you take something away from this. And until next time, go stars stars on sports is recorded live at the wlnz studios engineering and production assistance are provided by didalian lowry you can listen to this episode and other episodes of stars on sports on demand at lccconnect.org to find more information about our athletic program visit lccstars.com thanks for listening go Go Stars. stars
3: This is WLNZ Lansing. You're listening to LCC Connect, a weekly program that features the voices, vibes, and vision of Lansing Community College. To find out more about LCC Connect programs or to listen on demand, visit us at lccconnect.org. LCC Connect. Voices. Vibes. Vision.